Hello, and welcome back to TA Playlist, the official game club of TrueAchievements.com. This is the seventh month of our event, if I have that right. That means this is the seventh episode of the show. I'm one of three co-hosts on today's show. My name is Mark, Gamertag Not Penny's Boat. Joining me today, we have, as always, Kevin, Gamertag Yuri Days. Hi, Kevin. Hey, how's it going? It's always good with me. You should know that by now. And for the first time ever, we have a new voice on the show. If you're busy in our forums each month or you listen to the show a lot, you're likely already familiar with him. He's known for his very eloquent walls of text. We like those walls of text so much that we decided to have him on the show. It's Sam, Gamertag Kintaris. Hi, Sam. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, so as many playlisters know by now, uh, or you know, if you're just around the site, especially this month, I've made it pretty evident as editorial manager that Halloween and the horror genre are big deals for me. So it was my objective to turn this October and probably, honestly, all future playlist Octobers into a celebration of the horror genre. With that in mind, we picked four games that felt at home for the season for for the poll leading into this month. In fourth place was a very fantastic game called Little Nightmares. Unfortunately, a a bunch of people were talking about how they had never heard of it. It, It's fairly new and it's an indie, so that might explain why, though it did get picked up by Bandai Namco. So it had some marketing budget behind it and it had a ton of favorable reviews i reviewed it and and loved it so not to get too far off topic here because it's not the focus of today's show but just to give it a quick plug if you're looking for something else spooky to play before uh or you know during this halloween season go check out little nightmares but it came in dead last for us (laughs) in uh third place rather surprisingly we had resident resident evil 4 i know kevin and i at least expected that was going to win so it was pretty surprising to see it fall that far But I guess by now everyone's played it, so most voters were looking for something else, it seems. And then in second place, we had Dead Rising 3, which was kind of inexplicable to me, but I guess maybe because it's featured in Xbox Game Pass, a lot of people were voting for that. Maybe they could burn their two-week free trial or or their subscriber. Maybe people just genuinely like that game. I just didn't see that one coming. But none of those are today's focus. Today's subject is as well as the subject of the last several weeks of discussion in the forums, is Alien Isolation. I personally voted for Little Nightmares, even as I could see it was, it had no chance after (laughs) just a day or two, you could see it wasn't going to get the support. But I would have been happy with any of the games on the list. Real quick, what did you guys vote for going into this month? I voted for, honestly, I don't remember, it was either Resident Evil 4 or Alien. I don't like horror at all, I'm sure you'll bring that up, but, (laughs) so I, I, you know, Definitely wasn't going to vote Little Nightmares, and I didn't ever find Resident Evil 4 to be very horrifying, so I thought that might be a good idea. Or Alien, which you said was horrific, but I thought I might, you know, try to get into the spirit of things. So I don't know what I voted for. Uh, Clearly, it didn't really matter, because Alien won, so. Yeah, I voted for uh, Little Nightmares, um, because I played it at EGX Rest, and I think that probably... I can see why, Mark, you were saying about people not really knowing about it, because I had no idea it existed before I went to the event, and um, I got some hands-on with it. And I think it's a it's a game that you kind of uh, get a better impression of it once you've actually played it. I think if they had a demo around, maybe more people would know about it. But um, yeah, I kind of like the look of it. So, um, But Alien Isolation was always something I was interested in too, so I didn't mind when that won. Cool. Yeah. Have Have you played Little Nightmares since then on console? Like, I haven't. Do you own it? Yeah, I haven't got around to it, and that's partly why I voted for it, because I thought, all right, that's yeah, a good yeah. excuse to, to really give it a go. So, um, yeah, I'm sure I will. I will get through it um, at some point. It's the kind of uh, perspective that um, appeals to me. First person stealth and horror doesn't so much. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I gave it a go. 
Yeah, we'll we'll rig a future vote and get it on the show. Don't worry. No, just kidding. Uh, no, we, no, we won't. No, we won't we, I, hopefully nobody <laughs> would take that seriously. As much as I've wanted to rig some months, we have never done such a thing. Uh, not opposed to it, just just not with that game. That's not oh, okay. That's not the one. <laughs> uh, I like to give some background info uh, on the game we're about to hit. So, Alien Isolation. It was it was developed by Creative Assembly. It released. Almost three years ago to the day we're recording this podcast, actually. It came out in October of 2014. Um, Creative Assemblies, they've been around for about three decades. Uh, they work over in England, like Sam. <laughs> They're known mostly for making the strategy series Total War and its many different iterations. They did Total War Shogun, Total War Warhammer, pretty much just real-time strategy war games like that. That's That's almost exclusively what they've done. Uh, and then most recently, they they had Halo War two, Halo Wars two come out this year for Xbox. Despite being a a Sega owned studio, they they worked on a, an Xbox exclusive like that. So it's safe to say Alien Isolation, of you know a first person stealth horror, seems pretty far out of their comfort zone. And that context may paint some of our dialogue today on the game, as it did in the forums all during the October. But before we dive into the game, I do need to throw it to Kevin. Regular listeners will know every every month he does a great job of summarizing the story so we don't have to speak sort of out of context if anyone's forgot anything or missed anything. So before we dive headlong into it, Kevin, explain it all for us. So this game is a follow-up on the original Alien movie. It stars Amanda Ripley, who is Ellen Ripley, the main character in the original Alien movie's daughter. And she goes in search of her mother. They find a black box for the Nostromo, which is her mother's ship that the original movie takes place on. So she goes to this space station to, you know, pick it up and hopefully find out what happened to her mother. It turns out, much to everyone's surprise, except for those of us playing, that there's in fact an alien on this ship and it's killing everyone. So she tries to escape, and we think she does, and then it didn't work out, and then she tries again, and it doesn't work out, and then she tries again, and it doesn't work out. And anyway, uh, you get the gist of it, but eventually it does uh, arguably maybe work out. I mean, if you watched the second movie, you know that it must have worked out, but you know the ending is a is bit of a, a cliffhanger of sorts. So very fun. Uh, there you go. Uh, well said again. Like you always do every month so yeah this game pretty obviously exists within what was once ridley scott's um series i mean it's still sort of his series but a, a couple people have borrowed it from him like james cameron and and a few other directors by now F- for me this well I, I should say about the game first of all this was my third time playing the game actually but i've always been a big fan of the the movie series as well um and i i don't really know where you guys stood on that so just before we dive into the game itself, were you guys fans of the Alien franchise as as they existed in film? Um, so my, yeah, I, I didn't really have a huge uh, knowledge of Alien going in. I um I watched Alien for the first time only about three or four years ago. So it's not like a lot of people probably playing this game. I didn't grow up knowing a huge amount about Alien. Um, and that was the only uh, Alien movie I'd seen um up until very recently well actually that's a lie i'd seen prometheus but i know a lot of people like to sweep that one under the rug um yeah (laughs) but um i actually watched aliens about halfway through this playthrough i thought i'd watch the second one because i was starting to 
because I'd only watched Alien recently, um, I could see a lot of the influences in the game of the first movie. But there was stuff starting to creep in that I, that I kind of thought, oh, this seems like a little bit of a uh, pace change and an atmosphere change. So I thought it'd be worth watching the second movie. Um, and although I know the uh, game developers were looking to really emulate the first movie, I think a lot of the second movie does bleed in as well. Um, so it was useful to me to watch both of them. Um, it didn't make it any less terrifying for me. Actually, it made it worse. Um <laughs> Because somehow just knowing the kind of things that might happen made it worse. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> I do enjoy the movies. I think I think um, for me, they age pretty well. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll probably get around to, I know the, the rest of them aren't so well regarded, but I think they're probably worth giving a go um, anyway. And just just quickly in terms of the history of the games, um, I had a brief a brief go at Aliens vs. Predator Classic 2000 uh, on Steam uh, a few years ago. Uh, that's it's, it's okay. It's it's completely a different kind of genre to this. Really, it's it's like a lot of the older Alien games. It's a it's an action game first. Um, it's not really concentrating on horror at all. Um, and I also had a very brief go at uh, Aliens Colonial Marines uh, while I was writing a a piece for the website um, on. Uh, awesome trailers that led to not so awesome games um, just to oh, do yeah. a bit of research um, and uh, yeah that that game uh, was not worth my time at all so I sold it about half an hour after I'd started it <laughs> what, a, what a disappointment I never got to enjoy that treat you know I've, I've heard nothing but bad things which is really interesting to me anyway the Alien franchise, I also saw for the first time, I don't know if it was four years, might have been a little more than that, but uh, probably roughly four years or so ago, I watched it for the first time. I actually rented all four of them at the time Prometheus was not out and you know, tried to go through them, and I got through the first two and kind of hated it, so I didn't ever watch the third or the fourth one, which... By all accounts, seems to be okay because those movies are apparently very bad, or at least not nearly as good. So I, I've seen the first two. I appreciate them for what they are. I would disagree that they have aged well. I just I, I find them really hard to get into. The pacing, at least on the first one especially, is just so so slow that it I I really just it's it's not for me. I I did try to watch it again recently. Actually, I did watch it again recently on a plane ride, and it was it was it was okay. I think the person that was sitting next to me really didn't enjoy me watching Alien. <laughs> but he <laughs> kept looking over, clearly like disturbed by this movie, and I just kept watching. Yeah, I'm sure he anyway. appreciated the chest burster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so regardless, you know it it worked out pretty well uh, in terms of me getting to see all this i do actually like prometheus i saw that movie i haven't watched alien covenant so i i can't comment on that but overall i guess i would say that i i can appreciate the series for what it is i definitely think it was probably a success at the time and i guess even now at what it's trying to do but it's just not something that i particularly enjoy yeah it's it's interesting um in in the way that it that it ties into the game perspective because like a lot of people said in the forums during the month that when the when the original movie came out a lot of it like like you know a lot of good horror does you know you don't really know what you're supposed to be afraid of yet and it kind of builds up toward that and you know in 1979 or whatever it was when the movie came out nobody knew what the xenomorph looked like now it's so iconic so now like you said people going in 
to play Alien Isolation know exactly what it's going to look like. So it's Creative Assembly's job to instill fear in, in a different way. But in the original Alien, it, it, it they had the benefit of, of being fresh in their minds. And then, yeah, like you said, Sam, the the second movie, it's it's really night and day. The first one's like a horror from Ridley Scott. And then the second one is like an action movie from James Cameron, two, two different directors with two totally different perspectives. Obviously, the horrendous Colonial Marines went for more of the latter. Um, and this one sort of plays off the first one more uh, for the most part, like you said. But yeah, this this was my third time playing the game. I think I know from discussing in the Discord chat that one thing I, I did learn actually from the forums, not having seen the sequel Aliens, plural, in a, in a long time, uh, and then you just alluded to it in your story synopsis, Kevin, was that apparently Amanda Ripley is referenced in the movies, and thus the cliffhanger, the cliffhanger ending that I thought we got through three playthroughs, um, I just learned last night when I was compiling feedback, is not a cliffhanger ending at all. Apparently it's... it's um, it has a conclusion in the movie, but it was just a deleted scene. But, you know, for anyone who's played it, which is, you know, to completion, probably everyone listening to this for the most part, uh, we see at the end that Amanda is alive, but it's still endangered. And it kind of leaves you wondering what's going to happen next for her. I had no idea that the movie through a deleted scene explained to us that she lives to be 66 and die of cancer. I thought, that was interesting. It's it's almost like a false cliffhanger for the game to even do that, and I was foolish enough to fall for it for three years, apparently. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the one thing is that, that as far as I can see from the forums, from what people were saying, is that that information is delivered by an unreliable character in those deleted scenes anyway. So I think there's still a lot of uh, room for for talking about what could have happened to her in between and whether he was even telling the truth. Um, I think. The way that the cliffhanger is left, I think, is almost a bit of an homage to the first movie and how they addressed where Ellen ended up uh, in the second movie. I think I think they were kind of leaving it in a similar place where they're like, OK, this works as kind of an ending, um, but it's wide open for us to mess with in the second in a second installment if we ever get around to it. So um, I think it, I think it still works. And I think that it is still supposed to be a cliffhanger because, you know, it's, it's a pretty bad situation that she's left in um, at the end of this <laughs> game. Um, you know, even even if later on things turn out OK, uh, I think there's still there's still a missing part of narrative there about, wait, what happens to her? you know, immediately afterwards. Yeah, I I think that's a really good point, what you said briefly about how it, it kind of tracks the original movie and that both Ellen and Amanda are basically stranded in space. Amanda's situation is probably far and away worse, for sure. But uh, it, it gives you a feeling of hopelessness at the end as if nothing... I mean, you have to question whether all of that fighting to survive was even worth it especially for Amanda, because if you don't know about aliens too, or even if it's, even if you don't trust the character, like Sam said, I don't really remember what happened. So I don't know if I trust him or not. It it makes you question, like I said, whether or not it was all worth it. So I, I guess I would pose to you guys, if let's say we don't know that, or we don't trust this guy. So we don't know if she survives or not. And if she's going to die does it make it feel like the entire game was futile and not as worthwhile? Because to me, it, it kind of does. Hmm. That's that's sort of a trope of horror is either the sole survivor or 
you know, some some horror stories will take it one step further and just kill off everybody by the end. I don't know if that always just makes everything we saw before it pointless, especially with with a horror video game, because the intent of, of Alien, as with any horror game, is to give us the experience of of that feeling, that fear, and especially in a first person perspective, like really becoming Amanda Ripley and you know crouching around, crouching through the the vents as the alien gives chase and as the working joes creep me the hell out <laughs> from a story perspective i you know i think that point can always be made but i don't know if i ever buy it personally <laughs> yeah i think horror is a bit of an outlier but but i guess for me with a lot of stories where the protagonist uh ends up failing in some way you know they die or or you know uh, they don't reach their goal I normally need to feel like they have somehow earned that ending. Um, so, you know, they've made mistakes or they've made moral choices that are questionable or whatever it is. Um, and that leads to them not achieving their goal, which obviously in, in this case is is just surviving um, and, and getting away safely. Um, and I kind of agree with Kevin to a certain extent that, that certainly narratively it didn't feel like uh, Amanda deserved what she got um and certainly from having had to go through the game and, and play it all out it was a little frustrating but equally i get it from your point mark as well as that that horror generally doesn't abide by that particular narrative rule um but maybe maybe that's why certain people are turned off of horror in the first place is that, that perhaps they don't get that that kind of narrative loop uh that satisfaction from sort of uh subconsciously thinking okay this character has made uh, certain mistakes or they've made um, you know bad moral choices and then that means that they've ended up um, not reaching whatever goal they were they were headed towards um, but horror has to throw that out of the window because it's got to keep surprising you and it's got to keep uh, subverting your expectations so I can I, I get it but I guess for me it's it's not as satisfying as it could be yeah plus we, I, well, oh sorry I I would look at it from the perspective of purely story I don't think that horror is necessarily special. I mean, horror is all based around atmosphere and how you approach it, which I, I know I, we're going to talk about later, so I don't want to get too deep into that. But the story itself doesn't actually necessarily make something scary. It just sets the premise of where this atmosphere is, and it's the atmosphere that makes it actually horrific. So there's nothing, at least in my mind, that would be special about the horror genre that would allow it to circumvent traditional story rules. I, I think that the story in horror movies, granted, I don't watch a ton of them at all. Uh, the ones I've seen, though, they, they're they pretty horrible from a, tourist, a horror's perspective, I think. Because like, like Sam said, it, the characters don't deserve what happens to them. And I, well, I think some people just some forgive may. that. Well, right, of course, of course. <clears throat> so I, I think that Mark excusing it is, is not quite fair here, because at least from a story perspective where, you know, clearly this game is, is actually trying to tell a worthwhile story. It's giving Amanda real character development. And I mean, you really do feel like her. I think it it didn't work to leave it on this type of cliffhanger. And maybe I think that might primarily be, be because and, and why it can be forgiven in a movie well maybe it can't be here a movie is very short it's you know 90 minutes uh, maybe two hours 
to get through a movie. Whereas here you're fighting through for close to 20 hours, you know, really living this experience. You become much more, you know, invested in it. So it feels like far greater of a betrayal when it doesn't end, you know, as you really feel like it should. And it, yeah, and I mean, it, that's fair. I suppose, though, it, it kind of has a bit of the, the issue that we talked about with Shadow of Mordor a couple months ago, where which is, you know, we know from the story's universe and the official canon that exists outside of this one game that the bad guys are not going to be all toppled by by our protagonist in this game, you know, like just as whatever his name was in Wardor, he wasn't as compelling to me as Amanda is, I forget his name. Um, just as that hero, you know, couldn't couldn't defeat was it Sauron? <laughs> right. Talion, by the way. Yes, that's that's correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that that conflict had to exist at the end of that game because we we know it does later on in the books and the movies. And you know, it's not so the best version of Alien Isolation, I'm, I'm well, you know, the happiest version is Amanda survives peacefully, but we we know she's never going to like eliminate the xenomorphs. We know, you know, especially by the end there, that it's not just the one; it's like several to the point where it gets kind of like goofy, in my opinion. Um, I yeah, I just I'm just trying to look at it like almost in like a telltale game sort of way. Like, so you go down a different branch or different path. So what, not that you need to be the one to rewrite it, Kevin, you're, you're allowed to critique it without having a better answer. But I just wonder narratively, what's, what would have been more satisfying or like there, I don't know, maybe I just feel like they had their hands tied, I guess, you know, the, the aliens had to go on killing other people in later movies. Uh, my, uh, well, one, I think all the aliens in this game actually do die because the ship gets sucked onto the planet with huge gravitational forces. I assume even an alien can't survive that. So the alien is is not alive at the end of this game, or none of them are. At least right, that's my right. interpretation. Was, yeah, I'm it. just thinking in terms of like the whole story universe. Like we know there's others. There wasn't just like right. those or whatever. I mean, I, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> The, the simple way to rewrite this and make it better is to make her clearly survive. And really, I guess that would basically be she stays on the Torrens and, you know, there you go. The Torrens is not infested. It's just, you know, the end of it right there. That would be totally fine with me. Or alternative, you know, she escapes in an escape pod, sends out a distress beacon, you know, whatever, whatever they want to do. Just make it clear that she survives and is okay. I think that would have been a far better ending to the story. I don't think this ambiguity adds anything at all mm. to the game. I, I don't think, I don't see how it's remotely better for having this cliffhanger. Well, ending. I mean, I think other than, other than that, it tracks the first. Yeah. Movie. I mean, I think that, um, and talking about tracking the first movie, and I think we'll talk about that a bit more when we talk about the atmosphere of the game, but, um, I just think I don't think it's the ambiguity as much for me. It's it's how dire her situation is compared to Ellen's when they're aping so much of the movie and they're getting away with it. I think you know I think I think that they are okay to keep aping the movie. And I think they could have just brought that to a natural conclusion where she gets the alien off the torrent, um, but isn't sucked out into space herself. She she manages to stay on board and goes into uh, cryogenic stasis and that's the end and and you know people would be like well that's exactly the same as the end of alien but so much has been similar so far i think it could have got away with it and that would have been 
less uh, less severely ambiguous than you know someone is literally just in a spacesuit in space in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah, that's, that's a pretty uh, pretty big cliffhanger, especially as well. I mean, I don't know if you guys noticed, but at the very end, you do see a light kind of shine on her helmet. Uh, while she's in space and that was just too much of a vague cliffhanger for me i was like well what is that like like you know that, that's too too very very vague for me to just have a sort of a little bit of a shine <laughs> on her helmet um it, it was a little bit frustrating but i think i think it could have just been the same ending as alien i think that would have been fine i guess to address that light really quickly my interpretation of that was either leaving it open for a sequel depending on how the game went or just allowing anyone who did believe, you know, that deleted scene in aliens to or in aliens, you know, that she survives, you know, that's your way to see, Oh, okay. She is going to survive. There's someone there. That's how I interpreted that. I don't think it was meant to be anything too deep. It was just a way to get an out yeah. for the people that are really invested in the universe and realize that, she probably shouldn't be dead or if they want to make a sequel. Yeah. And we should, we should, well, you guys might know already, but, uh, there's seemingly not going to be that sequel. Uh, apparently creative assembly, you know, they were setting themselves up for one. Um, they were hoping it would happen. Sega most recently has spoken of it sort of negatively saying it, it underperformed and it's not, something that they're they're really planning on right now it it doesn't mean it's totally dead but it it sounds like this will exist um in isolation not to use a terrible pun but you went there (laughs) (laughs) but i it's funny there's so much there's a few other story beats i want to hit but this part's really fascinating me with with the ending and and satisfact being it being satisfactory or not i I'm stuck on the idea that, well, um, not even the idea, just the thought of, I, I'm wondering why it's so dissatisfying to, to you, Kevin, sounds like to a, to a lesser extent to you as well, Sam, but uh, I don't know how to phrase it. Just is, so we, you say a, a better ending would be to have her survive more happily, uh, does that mean like why why do you feel that way because just cuz we're root- you found her worthy of rooting for cuz she's the protagonist and that you know i guess that's that's what a story's intent is kind of supposed to have you do you know even if a protagonist is a bad guy like Walter White or Tony Soprano or something you you still end up kind of rooting for him um it's just interesting to me cuz i don't know maybe i maybe i've just consumed a lot of horror but i see a lot of protagonists like not have things work out for them in the end. So I, maybe I'm just fine with that by now. I, I'm wondering if that's what the difference is. Cause you guys don't consume a lot of horror, especially Kevin. Well, I don't, I, I don't think that it's that I'm not okay with things not working out for the main character. I would say that Walter White and Tony Soprano deserved everything that they get. And so there's, there's not a problem with that. It's that here... Well, yeah, I, mean, I know she's not a Walter White or a Tony Soprano. Either. Yeah, ex- exactly. She wasn't a, a bad character. She was someone that anyone would... I mean, at least based on what we know of her, she was trying to do the right thing. She tried to avoid killing people. You know, she's a good person as far as we can tell. And then you spend, 
you know, 15 to 20 hours basically being her, it, it becomes to the point where you're associating her with you very intimately. So it, it almost feels like you don't survive. And obviously anyone's gut reaction to that is going to be, that's not fair. I deserved to survive because I got through all of this. So I, I think that's the problem. Hmm. So it's just an issue of karma for you, it sounds like. like. Well, not karma, but this is a story, and the story needs to, well, should make sense at the end, I think. And here it does not, it's not balanced. The story should have balanced out, and it failed to. And you're right, that is a horror trope, but that doesn't make it justifiable or good just because other horror movies tend to do that. I think they're worse for having Yeah, and I must admit, a lot of my favorite Mm. horror movies that, again, I haven't seen a hell of a lot, but a lot of my favorite horror movies, there's a definite moment when characters make uh, very distinct mistakes. Uh, either, like I said before, like they, they they do something morally questionable, morally questionable, um, or they just make a just make a logical mistake, or they make a you know they miss something crucial, um, or they lose someone that was that would have been able to help them in the end, or something like that, um, and that kind of leads naturally to their demise. And I think um, games are capable of that. I mean, I think Until Dawn, um, I've I've played through a fair amount of that on on the PlayStation, and I think that a lot of that hinges on. Uh, people's survival hinges a lot on whether or not you made the right narrative decisions for those characters and whether those characters had a natural narrative arc that would lead to their survival. Um, and so that's, I think that's why it's interesting here that that um, it, it can be frustrating for some people. And I think it is because of the gameplay as well. We'll get onto some of the frustrations of the gameplay. Like you, you do spend a lot of time not only experiencing the story but waiting around for, to be able to progress the story um so i guess maybe as kevin was saying if you if you feel like you are amanda um and you've spent all of that time sitting in a locker um to your very best ability um only for it all to be snatched away from you at the end even though you did everything you could i guess i guess that's an element of it as well uh, maybe it's not all just a narrative maybe it's also uh the amount of investment we've put into the gameplay So it it sounds it if the ending you know left you guys wanting more it sounds like you were at least invested up till that point is that right Yeah I would say so I definitely was yeah Yeah for for me I uh I I probably don't have to say it on every show but I'll say it on this one again <laughs> Uh I story is is what's bringing me to the games to to any game I play uh well I, sh- I guess I shouldn't say any to m- most games I play in this instance I I do love the alien universe um, so I was drawn into that more so I just love playing any horror game that comes out because in my opinion there aren't enough of them um, and yeah I like you guys and, and seemingly like a lot of people I did find Amanda worth rooting for I think a lot of the side characters were there just so the alien could kill people that weren't you a whole bunch of the time you know um, they never really seemed necessary to me especially since you know I think one of the one of the problems that creative assembly had with a game like this, which like we said, is so out of their comfort zone. They, they didn't emote well. Um, they didn't, and anim- their bodies weren't animated. Well, they're often stiff and lifeless, almost in like an RPG sort of like fallout fashion where in fallout, we, in similar games, we seem to forgive it. Cause there's, there's so much to those games. That it's like, okay, I guess that's the one area where, where such games aren't going to be like pristine, but with alien, 
usually that's not going to be a concern. And I, I sort of attributed it to, you know, I don't want to make it sound like uh, I'm forgiving them for it or cutting them an, ex- an excuse, but to me it seemed like, oh, here's this developer that makes only strategy games, and now they're suddenly trying to, like, get these characters to behave realistically like 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 humans do and you know i i sort of attributed all their struggles to that because i did think they struggle with that a lot outside of the voice acting which i thought was good uh especially amanda but all all those other struggles with making their human characters seem human i in my head i just compartmentalized that as oh here's the total war developer messing this up but that's why (laughs) yeah i mean i i think that's Okay, I was Go just going to say, um, yeah, I think that, um, first off, I wasn't particularly a fan of, of the voice acting at all, any of the characters. I felt, I felt that, um, and again, it's probably a technical issue more than anything, but I've really felt like I was listening to people speaking lines in a room separately from the game. It really pulled me out of the game when people started talking. Oh, yeah. Um, Far too many games still still develop their games that way, too. I, I really hate that that's still a thing in yeah, the industry. absolutely. But I, I think also... I think they struck for a middle ground here. I think that that they knew that these characters were disposable and so they didn't necessarily flesh them out that much. But they also spent quite a lot of time lingering on conversations with them. Um, And I didn't really care to the point where they were saying stuff um, about characters. And I'm sure that that it must have come up earlier in some other conversation, but I had no idea what they were talking about because I just tuned out of of the conversation they were having because I just didn't care about the characters. And I kind of felt like maybe they should have reduce the amount of time that we even spent listening to them because ultimately this is a game about isolation it's a game about about hiding from an alien that's what it's about um and these disposable human characters i think you get enough uh emotional resonance from them just seeing them being scared and getting killed i don't think you necessarily need to to know any more about them um and i think that um in particular just from a technical standpoint i found it very distracting that they didn't seem to have um a consistent approach to the storytelling. So they had um, cutscenes that were entirely third person. They had um, scripted sequences that were happening where you could move around. There were scripted sequences that were happening behind glass. Um, and sometimes there were um, first person cutscenes where you didn't have control. And it just, it really confused me and it kept sort of taking me out of the action because I wasn't entirely sure um what was happening sometimes you know if the screen suddenly went black i kind of thought oh did i get killed and then it cut to a cut scene i was like okay well, i haven't seen one of those for three hours um and then <laughs> equally on the level in which you're um acting as bait unwilling bait for the alien um i had a really frustrating experience where i had kind of got all the way through that level and it got to the uh, end point when the um well what was actually happening is that uh weights was releasing the uh, pod that you're on um, so you cut to a first person cutscene where you are suddenly floating in the air um, and I thought I'd been grabbed by the alien because I hadn't seen that many death animations by that point I thought I'd been grabbed by the alien so I hit start and I reloaded um, I reloaded my save and did that whole bit again and then when I saw that the animation was exactly the same at the end and I hadn't made any mistakes I thought oh this is a first person cutscene all of a sudden um it's just really frustrating um especially because i was going for my um one shot achievement of, of not dying in the game so i was very very uh i had a itchy trigger finger on the start button to reload my save um <laughs> so yeah that 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 drew me out a lot and i think that they could have 
learned a few more lessons from Half-Life and from Bioshock and just stuck to um, entirely um, first-person um, storytelling in terms of not cutting away to sequences. I mean, they still could have taken control away from you sometimes, and I think it would have been necessary, particularly towards the end, where there's a lot of explosive set pieces. But I definitely think they, they it was entirely unnecessary to cut away to... to whole separate cutscenes it didn't do any favors for the story and all of it could have been told uh i guess more diegetically i don't know if that's the word but um it could have been told more naturally um and that was always the most effective part of storytelling in half-life and bioshock um uh, and, and i think that 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 for me was the biggest point where i could tell that this wasn't a developer that was particularly used to storytelling in general but specifically first person storytelling um i think it's it's a it's a difficult art to pull off um and uh and don't think they quite managed it for me i there's a lot to unpack there but i think in general i i don't really have anything to add to what you just said regarding the perspectives i definitely agree i didn't realize it beforehand but having heard you talk about it now I find a lot of that really resonated with me. So I I definitely agree with that. It really did. I I had the same problem, you know, not really understanding. Am I playing this right now? Am I not? Sometimes I would stand there and thinking I didn't have control. And then suddenly, you know, I'd knock my joystick and suddenly I'd move and like actually get a little startled. Like, oh, okay. All right. So anyway, (laughs) like, you know, it, it wasn't communicated very well. I thought they could have done a better job there i think they would have done better making all of the cutscenes, you know scripted and uncontrollable but in first person i think that would have worked probably yeah best in terms of allowing them to control the scenario while keeping you in character so and as for your other point regarding you know the people that are a part of the story and in there i i would disagree with you i think that they actually do serve an important purpose now are they Good characters, no, to the extent you're talking about that, you're right. They're totally worthless. We don't care about them. We don't feel for them. But they are, it's important that they exist, and it's important that they are more than just, you know, scared and dying because because these characters serve to really stress when you actually are by yourself. Because you're right. The game is about being isolated. That's what it is about. But you need to have these character interactions to really you know, heighten the fact that you are alone when you are alone. So when you walk around with all these people, you, you get a sense of comfort feels okay. You know, you're surrounded by soldiers or, you know, whatever you are, you know, when you go to that security station, it feels very safe. You walk around that entire area and never once do you think, Oh, the alien's going to jump out and kill me. Cause you know, it's not going to. And then you go out into the station. Suddenly you are alone. I think that having that safety and comfort there allows you to be even more invested in the fear aspects of the game once you are alone. So, I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, and I think that's fair. I think, I think um, maybe just a reduction is what I needed. Just a little less uh, of, of Ricardo <laughs> towards the end, frankly. Like he, he just annoyed me. Um. I, I, <laughs> I do agree. Ricardo was not really adding much. I didn't even know who he was. I is he I he might have been someone that I, I mean I don't know. And what also what happened to like your your female crew member that was like hurt at the beginning of the game and we got her med supplies and then she was supposed to be cured and then did we yeah, ever Yeah, she see exploded her on the on the Anisadora. She was 
being held captive. No, that wasn't her though. No, Verlaine's. No, no, no. That was ship. Taylor. That was Taylor in mm-hmm. in the Anisadora. Um, because at some point she had gone oh. and released Marlow. Um, and then something. <laughs> I see. Okay. I th- that makes sense now. This Got is it. what I mean. I think I think right, we spent then. a long well. time uh, trying to sort of build up a plot with these characters, and half the time I was just because it was so sort of background, and so much of it was trying to be delivered just through my earpiece that I lost half the detail, um, and it really took a, a, a concerted effort on my part to really think back and go, "Oh, okay, that's how she's ended up there." Okay, um, it was just it's just an odd delivery, just very inconsistent, um, and I just think that maybe if they were struggling so much, maybe they may have been better off just reducing the amount of uh maybe how important they were to the plot yeah we we should move on to the gameplay aspect but uh i guess my final point sort of bridges us there which is that i i I just wanted to say i think you brought up a good point in saying that the game sort of lets you know you know when, when you are most alone that's when all that those bad things are going to happen and you know you can you kind of start to tell the difference between okay i'm i'm safe in this area unless a cutscene appears and the alien jumps out of something or, you know, when you're alone, which is the majority of the game, that's when the, the language of the game is letting you know, like, hey, now's not the time to shoot your gun or to to sprint. I, I basically never sprinted in the whole game. Um, so I, I, I guess we can just move, say that and move right into the gameplay portion of it. And I, if I can preface just one more thing, we, we should mention that neither of you guys play almost any horror i mean you almost consume no horror at all you've already said you both don't watch a lot of horror movies but in terms of horror games i i think me i'm assuming because they're interactive and suddenly you're in the horror story those are even more difficult for you is is that fair to say i think this is the second horror game i've ever played the first being resident evil one other than that one i don't think i've ever played one i strongly dislike horror of all kinds because i don't enjoy being scared whatsoever now you know typically for me i know you wanted to talk about this so i will i don't i don't like horror because well when it is realistic so i was saying you know when we were picking the games that this one might be good in that it's a horror game at least supposedly i didn't know obviously but is is unrealistic i don't like horror when it feels like something that I could actually be in. So, you know, let's say you go into a haunted mansion, it's full of ghosts. I don't believe in ghosts, but you know, it's full of ghosts. If I were in a haunted mansion, I could imagine all these things happening to me. As for alien isolation, I'm never going to be in a space station in the middle of space. So I will never be in a situation where this will become real. So I don't like horror while I'm watching it. The reason I avoid horror is because later on when I actually enter a real situation that is similar, you know, in my real life outside of media, that it it becomes much more scary at that point to me. So that's that's why I avoid them so that I can avoid those situations. Because again, I, I don't enjoy being scared, so I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything by missing these. And it, it allows me to skip some rather you know, uncomfortable things in, in reality, which is not the same going in the haunted mansions all the time, but you, know, you, you never know. So uh, that's, that's why I don't like it and why I thought alien would be much easier for me to stomach. And, and it was for sure. Yeah. I mean, from my perspective, I mean, first off, 
Kevin, remind me to never invite you to a haunted mansion with me because clearly you're going to be useless. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, but no, I I. I, I think I sit somewhere on the spectrum of enjoying or disliking horror. I don't think I'm I'm completely averse to it. There's certain things that I enjoy and some things I don't. I, I quite like being sounds strange, I like being disturbed. That's that's not right, but I um I like uh, themes that are disturbing or strange. Um I know that Mark and I both really like Oxen Free and that while that's definitely not a horror, I think it's got a lot of uh creepy and strange things going on that are designed to unsettle you. Um and uh, I guess I just, uh, because I studied movies at university, sometimes I find that I I get too removed from, from horror movies. It's probably the exact opposite of Kevin. Sometimes I think that I'm, I'm looking for story beats and seeing them coming up ahead, particularly with movies that just follow the same horror movie tropes. Um, I don't really get scared um, and I don't feel invested because I think that this, it's quite a manufactured experience sometimes and so maybe I'm just watching the wrong wrong horror movies. Um, in terms of games, um, this is the first proper horror game that I've finished, I would say. I've tried a few um, and I've either bounced off because I found them too stressful, which I think is slightly different from being scared. I just I don't necessarily play games to get stressed out, uh, whether they've got uh, scary intentions or not. Um, if they're just if they're designed to be too stressful, I kind of bounce off them. Um, but I saw this one through because of because of what we're doing. Um, and I think uh, it's kind of broken me in a way because now I've I've watched a couple of horror movies since and I find them terrifying. So uh, I think this game may have actually changed my life a little bit, which is not something I think anyone was expecting um, me to say. But it's uh, yeah, it's uh, I don't know something broke halfway through when I was playing this game. Uh, it it literally gave me nightmares. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I'd be really interested to see what happens now. Oh wait, <laughs> I w- I thought you were saying it it broke you. Like now you're free to explore the genre further, but you're saying like saying. you're. Oh, no, I think I am more more free to to watch more horror movies because now that I I seem to be uh, able to immerse a bit quicker. I think I can enjoy them as someone who uh you know is expecting to be scared i think i i will i will jump when i'm supposed to jump and maybe i'll actually enjoy them a bit more now if you see what i mean so i think i don't think i've gone straight off the other end and think everything's too scary i think that actually now um i it's kind of like a watershed for me where now i can i can actually appreciate horror movies as someone who's who's uh able to get scared at them if you see what i mean so um yeah i can give credit to to alien for that because it it really it really did a number on me um as i said i watched alien and aliens while i was playing this and i found them a lot scarier than i did the first time i watched watched alien so um yeah power of games i guess (laughs) that that's interesting yeah i had um for anyone who heard last month's show, I had a s- sort of similar epiphany thanks to Dark Souls, where now, you know, as before, I, I used to be much pickier with what I was going to play, and Dark Souls was at, like, the very bottom of the list of anything I was ever going to play. Not because of a horror factor, but just because it didn't sound like the type of game that appeals to me. And I don't like being lost in in a sea of menus and systems and not know what I'm doing for several hours. And then when I got over that hump in Dark Souls, it it sort of opened me up to to the point where now I want to explore a whole slew of games that I was avoiding for years for similar reasons. And it, it kind of, um, kind of changed me in that way. So I, I can relate to that. And to your horror movie point, 
Um, I actually, I, you know, like I, it's no secret. I, I, especially since I said it on the show, I guess <laughs> I love horror, but I don't, uh, as much as I, I enjoy some horror movies, I think a bulk of the genre is really bad in terms of film, but I, I still always look for good ones, but I, they actually never affect me, uh, in the way that they're supposed to. I watch them and I'm engaged by them just as I am with any other movie that, that I might find engaging, but I, they don't like startle me or unnerve me or scare me. I just, I guess I just like to see the story unfold as, as if it was a drama or a comedy or, or anything else. I guess for me, I need the interactivity of games. And that's why I so especially adore horror games. Cause I always feel like I'm always ready for another one. There's, there's never enough. So uh, that's why I, I had to turn October into like a horror month for, for this event. But I guess I need that interactivity. Um, yeah, horror movies don't really do it. But this this game, the first time I played it, this game really did it. Even the second time, uh, Alien Isolation, I, I found pretty scary. I played it on release on 360, and then I got it on the one on sale um, a year or two ago. And then the playlist playthrough, <clears throat> by now, uh, I was kind of, you know, I, I knew all the beats, even even with an unscripted alien that we'll talk about at length. Uh, it, it didn't really affect me anymore. Oh, God. The flight recorder. What? What? No! But yeah, uh, and, and speaking of the horror elements of isolation, uh, you know, one of its most defining traits is its atmosphere. And we, we haven't read any feedback yet. Uh, I did want to read some feedback on that point before we dive into it. Uh, Subtle Eel 4 said, I've heard some people complain about how you were wandering around in an empty base for one third of the game, but I think this works. You start to get nervous that something's going to happen and it builds the suspense. It's like the old monster movies. Don't reveal the monster too soon and you get a better payoff. Uh, that sort of relates to what I was saying earlier about how this game you know, didn't have the benefit of an unknown xenomorph. Like we, it's now it's an iconic xenomorph. So they had to work around it in other ways. And I think, you know, games are, are sort of a, a conducive environment to create those, that sense of fear anyways. But, um, how did you guys get on with the atmosphere? I, given that neither of you were really super willing to play this, but you both pushed through. Um, yeah, I mean, I I thought the atmosphere was was pretty solid for most of the game. Certainly, the first two thirds, I would say. Um, I think uh, I know a lot of people complain that it's a bit too much wandering around at the beginning, um, but I think it's necessary. I think you got to you you got to ease people into something like this. You can't um, show your hand too quickly, um, and um, particularly, I think the atmosphere of of uh, painting the future as though it's still the 70s uh, perspective of the future really lent to the atmosphere as well because you had these clunky systems and you had these uh, squawking motion detectors. You know, it's not it's not even up to today's standards of technology, let alone the, what we would expect in the future. And I think that that really lent to creating a, an unusual um, and slightly off-putting atmosphere um, because, you know, you, you, your home comforts are taken away from you. You know, not only have you not got a heads-up display with a mini-map on it, but your version of that in the motion tracker is is a little unreliable. It's making strange noises. Um, and I think that that really 
lent not just authenticity to it but actually lent a bit more of an unsettling atmosphere as well you know the doors are a bit clunky uh the 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 robots are a bit clunky you know um it's it kind of definitely kind of puts you off guard uh straight away from the beginning i think it loses it a bit towards the end uh i think there were some some uh creative decisions that kind of fell flat um towards the last few missions but on the whole i think um it it really did a good job of of creating an atmosphere in which you could get scared um, very easily. I I definitely agree with that. There's not a whole lot to add to it, really. You you pretty much said it all that I was thinking. But it I, I think it really worked in terms of what it was trying to do. It definitely created an atmosphere, like I mentioned earlier, where you know you really do feel isolated, you feel alone, and everything is dark it it feels haunted and i think it having that 70s and 80s sci-fi vibe you know obviously they wanted to stay within the universe so they had to do that but even without that it created i i don't know it's it's hard to say but i think that that added to the fear factor too everything is so mechanical it's i mean you imagine now you know what would today's vision of the future look like everything's you know white halls bright white lights you know uh, tons of like high tech, you know, alternate reality, alter rather augmented reality, you know, like bring up a, a vision of someone or something like that. And in this game, they don't have anything like that. It's it's so just like I said, mechanical, and you know, it, it feels old, and it feels like you can't really trust it. I guess, and so I I think that that adds to the game quite a lot i think as far as atmosphere goes i don't think anyone could argue that it wasn't just a huge success and you know i, I think the developers definitely need to be commended for that because you know the atmosphere is spot on it's exactly what they were going for and it works really really well now do, do you extend those commendations to creating an atmosphere that is conducive to fear because i thought i understood it that you were surprisingly not scared playing through this game I wasn't scared, and now that's strange. I, so I I think that they they had this good environment, and I I think I I thought about why, and I think it's because someone's especially mine. Well, anyone really, the natural reaction to being scared is to run away and you know basically remove from your life what is making that scary. Now, obviously, I can't stop playing the game, but I I think you have to consume a lot of horror media to be able to get over that and since i don't uh, my mind instead changed it into something else so you know I, I mentioned in our on our chat you know that i was basically gamifying this and what i mean by that is i wouldn't i w i disassociated myself from the actual game and the atmosphere of it so i i can stand there and i can appreciate it but it was more like looking from the outside in on it I made myself not feel like I was there, and instead I treated it like a stealth game. And when you do that, it one it's it's really not very good, honestly. But you know, I I stopped being scared of the alien because I didn't care if I died. So I would save, and then I would literally first time I enter an area, sprint through it, and you know, flame the alien, make it go away, and kind of just explore, figure out where I'm supposed to be going. Then I let it kill me, and then I would start again. 
and I would this time just walk, not even crouch, just walk through the area. Alien appears, you know, if it's too much in the way, I just let it kill me and I try again. Otherwise, you know, I might wait for it to hide and wait for it to go away. But none of it was done in a way, obviously, that was really intended. So in some ways, I ruined it for myself. And <laughs> I I think that's just, you know, like I said, natural reaction to being scared is to not be scared anymore, obviously. So I was doing in my mind what I needed to do to, you know, remove that. So it, it became very much a game and not very scary as a result of it because I never cared if I died. So literally, like I was saying in the chat, most people are, you know, startled a lot when they died. And and I'll admit, I, there were probably four or five times where I definitely jumped when I got killed. I didn't expect it. But most of the time, even when I didn't expect it, I would just sigh like, oh, great. There's a giant tail sticking to my chest again. Now I have to restart. This is irritating. So that's that's where my mind was going with it. And when you're in that state of mind, it isn't very scary, obviously. Mm. I can kind of see where you're coming from. I mean, again, as I said earlier, there, there were times towards the end of the game that I I felt like the atmosphere dropped. And maybe what was actually happening is that the game was a little too long and I was starting to gamify it as well. You know, I was feeling like I needed to finish it. And um, there are a few levels there where you're basically not even fighting the alien. There's just the damn robots come back again um and i really didn't find them remotely scary um they were just they, they were like guards in metal gear solid they were just there to irritate me um and uh, but unlike metal gear solid it's not a puzzle that i can just solve i just have to sit in a cupboard somewhere or just run past them um and it just didn't feel didn't feel uh particularly scary um and i think i think it's fair to say you know if you take if you strip away the horror because not everyone's going to be scared by everything um, the stealth's got to got to match up because ultimately, underneath the the theme genre of horror, its mechanical genre is first person stealth. So it's got to work on that level as well. Um, and I don't think it always did. Um, and and the times when I felt like the game was was good and pulling me in was just when the atmosphere was getting to me. Probably not actually when the alien was stalking me. I didn't necessarily get too invested in those bits and i was perhaps just waiting for it to be over um but interest just, just one other point is uh to say you were saying about the you know seeing the alien's tail poking through your chest again um i never saw that because i was going for this achievement of, of never dying not only did i not die but i was restarting the game you know several seconds before i thought i could even possibly die so i think i was creating a lot of horror for myself just by having that extra tension of i've got to have my thumb on the start button all the time um and i you know i didn't know what a death animation looked like so it almost made it more hor horrific in my mind of what it would look like because not only would i be terrified of it but it would be a failure you know it'd be like oh no now i need to you know reload my mission save or whatever or go back you know miles through the game so um i definitely think that uh the fact that i was more invested in the 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 horror elements of it because of the way i was choosing to play probably meant that i enjoyed it a bit more um but yeah, it is interesting how uh, how different our experiences were. And and you mentioned the <clears throat> the working Joe androids. They I wanted to hit on them too because I actually even on this third playthrough where I took it with a much more lax approach, kind of knowing all the game's tricks, uh, I still find the the androids pretty unnerving. Um, I don't. I'm I'm surprised to hear you don't. I don't know. Maybe it's just. I don't know where I get it from, but 
I mean, certainly their existence in that uncanny valley, as it's called, uh, that helps. And that's very deliberate on the behalf of the creators. To my knowledge or to my memory, I guess, uh, those those are a new creation. Where has anyone seen Aliens recently? Is that did you say you watched the second one recently, Sam? Because are they're not in the first one? I mean, there's an android in the first no, one, but he looks like. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, they're not in Aliens. Uh, I haven't seen a third or the fourth one. I think uh, I may be wrong on this. Um, someone might correct me afterwards, but um, I think the idea is these working Joes are Seeks and synthetics, and thus. So they're not as yeah yep they are yep. I, I the impression I got was that the Seeks and themselves were not as uh, advanced as uh, Whale and Yutani. So they had yeah, so yeah they, that's a yep. No, and it's it, they actually do explain it in the game. Uh, yeah. They basically cut read, corners. Like, <laughs> no, 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 they didn't cut corners. I mean, well, maybe that's what you're supposed to draw from it. But in the game, you know, when it your first is it's probably in the first mission or, or the second one when you're walking around like the synthetic area and you can hear like all the ads, if you stop and listen to one of the ads that's playing, it talks about how these synthetics are explicitly made to not be lifelike so that you can always tell, you know, this is not a human. So, and, and, you know, really that makes sense to me. I think if you're creating androids in a real world environment, you wouldn't want them to appear too lifelike or people would, I mean, I, as as scary as these ones are, and I definitely agree with you, Mark, that these are probably the thing that scared me the most in the game. These things are are creepy, for sure, at least in my mind. Uh, I think having them be lifelike and interacting with them on a daily basis would be far worse than this like slightly creepy working Joe type thing. So I, I I think what makes them especially creepy is that they are attacking you and are dangerous in a world where they're not. They're not creepy anymore. So that. I think makes sense, but I, I guess the bottom line is yes, they are intentionally like that, and not you know at least within the game's lore, they are intentionally like that so that they don't creep people out. Yeah, I think I don't know if it was in a document or if it was just uh, an interview with the devs that I read around the time of release, but somewhere I do recall them saying um, that like yeah, Siegson is the the lesser competitor to Wayland Yutani and while they may justify it saying like, Oh, they're, they're not so lifelike. And that's for, that's for your benefit. I, I think elsewhere it does say, or perhaps a dev just said like their intent was to express that Siegson isn't up to snuff with, in comparison to like where Wayland Utani is the industry standard. Siegson just kind of cut those corners and, you know, re- reframes it from as like a marketing executive would basically like, Oh yeah, they, they're creepy and their necks have a bunch of folds in them and that's actually what scared me the most about them is those neck folds from just like the the rubber the rubber like uh synthetic skin that like exists over those things like when when they weren't uh hostile you could like approach them face to face and i would just stare at them and you know the lifeless eyes um that that's pretty par for the course with like creepy robots and sci-fi but something about the the way like the the skin didn't fit on the body properly so there's a bunch of folds in the neck that's for me that's just what like drove me crazy that's it was so freaky to and, me. and i think i mean this might be a natural point to move on to to the the ai of the alien and how that affected the game but for me because the alien was really doing a number on me in terms of um 
the way it was making me feel um, and the way it would just turn up. The times that I was then sent back into navigating around these robots um, that just... I guess they were relentless and that was supposed to be scary. But for me, they became, I, I guess I was gamifying it at that point. I, they became obstacles that I just had to get around um, and it didn't didn't suck me in. Um, maybe I, because I was so terrified of the bits with the alien, maybe I wasn't paying as much attention to the finer details of what those those robots looked like. I was just like, OK, I just got to get past these these guys that are just walking and uh, walking around again, a bit like uh, other stealth games. They just seemed like to me a little bit like cookie cutter um obstacles to get around um unlike the alien which was obviously um stalking me everywhere and haunting my dreams (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's a great point at that point they are you know it basically becomes a splinter cell game you just like i said uh in the discord i think and elsewhere before uh stealth games really are just like puzzle games where you sort of have to just figure out the path through the puzzle and you solve it so with but with the alien that wasn't typically an option because it's it's much more unscripted you know there are some certainly some scripted moments and some moments that you can kind of get the you can kind of predict what it's going to do and you can trick it to your benefit but for the most part it was it was an unpredictable variable in in the puzzle puzzleification is no that's not a word never mind uh of the of the the stealth horror to it um i know kevin particularly had a lot of thoughts about about the aliens unscriptedness i'm sure you do too sam how did you guys get on with that aspect of it uh definitely you're right i i hated that i thought that i i mean and like to be clear i i think this game worked overall but as a game it really is in a lot of ways a failure this is a bad stealth game the stealth genre is very actually closely tied to the puzzle genre because in order to make the stealth genre really work, you need enemies following, you know, their set walking paths so that you can figure out. I mean, the fun of stealth is figuring out how to get around all of these. Alien doesn't have that because the alien is random. So I, I strongly disliked it because I found myself often just sitting around waiting and that wasn't fun. You know, I, I feel like the alien walks around a bit too much once you draw its attention i like the idea that the alien can pop out anywhere that definitely works in creating the atmosphere it's really important they couldn't have done the game without that but once it does pop down i pulled out my stopwatch on my phone once and timed it in literally over six minutes of the alien walking around literally right in front of the only exit to the area that i was in so i just sat there under a table and there's no way to to argue that that is fun literally sat there it couldn't see me it didn't matter it just walked back and forth over and over and over again that happened well i didn't time it later on but i'm i feel like it was at least four to five minutes maybe even six again you know in mission 18 or whatever when you go back between those two rooms a bunch of times like turning on the generator and that kind of thing so i the alien just walked around like this pool table forever and i just had to sit in a vent waiting and waiting and waiting it couldn't see me it it was so boring and that that i think is is a real failure so you know the alien walking around for 30 minute 30 seconds a minute you know that's fine but i shouldn't have to sit in a locker forever waiting for it to finally go away 
that I think. Yeah, and I think was um, not well done. As I've been alluding to a couple of times, I didn't feel I felt like the game started to taper off in terms of quality towards the end. Um, I did have a similar experience around that mission where I felt like um, it. Sometimes it felt a little bit more random and a little less like it was learning. It just felt like it was just popping out of different vents like just just whenever and it didn't really seem to have any bearing on where it last seen me or um or or you know what was going on in the mission um and there was a lot of times when i was that i finally after being quite terrified earlier on in in the game uh finally was starting to be like okay i just need this to be over um i am just sitting in this little cupboard um waiting for something to happen um and and i think i think what really bothered me as well was that at that point the uh the game was really trying to inject some pace narratively and in the sound design um uh, the music rank ramps up really quickly at the end uh, and it's kind of telling you to go you gotta go um but in terms of gameplay no you don't have to go you have to stay you have to sit in this this box for longer um while the music's pounding away so you've you know you've got to urgently leave the area um and i suppose that was supposed to try and make you panic and leave but for me i was just like okay everything this the story and the music want me to crack on but the aliens just stood there, like like Kevin said. The aliens just 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 walking around in a circle, uh, not actively hunting me. It seems because for me at least, it never never actually uh, came and and went towards the locker I was in. It was just kind of seemed to be. It was almost like a Bethesda style uh, animation glitch where it was just kind of like flipping around in a circle for a while, um, not really being sure where it was supposed to go. So I think and I think this happens a lot with AI um, attempts to make a kind of an intelligent AI in a game is that. Um, while you get some really great moments of of emergent gameplay, you are opening yourself up to sometimes things just go a bit wrong and the pacing drops and maybe something unintentionally hilarious happens. But but for the most part in this game, it was just a matter of um, the alien didn't seem to know what it was doing, um, which kind of is uh, the entire the antithesis of what Alien as a brand is supposed to be. You know, it's this unstoppable killing machine that is more intelligent than you. But it was kind of just hanging around um so yeah it didn't really it, it took a lot of the edge off towards the end which which i appreciated because i needed to get the game done but at the same time it's not ideal for uh keeping the atmosphere going yeah i, I uh i want to read some feedback here in a moment but i think you brought up a good point where essentially if i could paraphrase properly i think what you're saying is the alien was persistent mm-hmm. but not always intelligent and uh, that does that is sort of uh, damning when compared to the xenomorph that we know from film, and that it it it's it's going to outsmart you, and then it's going to eat you. <laughs> and in this one, it it did just you know it wanders a lot. I for me through three playthroughs, it I don't know. May I think maybe I forgive horror more because I'm just always wanting another horror. So it's not that I I'm blind to Alien Isolation's faults, um, especially with it in with regard to its gameplay that we're now hitting on but uh yeah i i don't take as big an issue with it as certainly not as kevin maybe not even as much as you sam but um i'm i'm, I'm not blind to them either it's constantly there and like i said i i almost never sprinted through the game i especially my first playthrough i just i never knew 
really when sprinting was okay. Now, now you know, a couple playthroughs later, I kind of know when it is okay. There are there are moments even late in the game that you can sprint without attracting it. Um, but certainly, like the first time through, there might there may as well have not have been a, a sprint button because I just never used it. I was I was always too afraid to to draw its attention to me. Um, and then to your point, Kevin, about having to wait six minutes, that is, that is egregious. I would agree. Um, you know, some people might still find that fun if you're a huge alien fan, uh, maybe they would call that the most authentic experience if they can to forgive that it's not always the smartest, you know, like in the movies that would check under that table. (laughs) But, uh, you also played on hard though, didn't you? I I did. I'm not sure that that actually made a difference or not, but yes, I, I was playing on hard. It is. But it, does it make the alien stick around longer? Yeah, I think would... it's a. I think it's more persistent the higher you go. Um, you know, it, certainly. Again, that's not an excuse, and because some people should be able to play on hard without that issue. That the, that's the developers. Uh, that that's on them to to not have that happen that way, but. I do think if you played on a lower difficulty, you know, because like they say, normal is like the base difficulty. Maybe on normal, it's it's balanced most properly for for a general playthrough, and you kind of got the short end of the stick trying to make it more challenging for yourself. Which, like I said, is, is no excuse, but just maybe an explanation. Um, but yeah, I want to read feedback. Uh, we had one about the audio, which you kind of were starting to touch on Sam, because I agree. I think the music, despite those moments where it's like, go, go, go. It's like, well, I can't right now. I I think in general, it was a great and effective score. And then we had another one that is totally in line with Kevin's thinking that, you know, waiting for five minutes at a time is, is not really good design to the audio praise. uh, Roscoe seven, five 30 said, I love this game. I wanted to mention the audio, which I thought was up there with the best I've heard in any game. The background noises of the ship were near perfect, close enough to make me think there was an alien just around the corner virtually all the time. So even when I was in an area that I knew was safe, there was always an expectation of danger. The gameplay was very good, but for me, the audio is what made the game. And then, more quickly, Reborn Pasture said... Well, this is when he started playing it, so or or she, I should say. Um, this is when this person was in the middle of their their playthrough. He or she said, started playing this through a nightmare at the weekend. Currently stuck in the med lab. Alien is there. Whenever I turn around, I don't mind the creeping around too much, but waiting five minutes in silence under a table to then have the alien discover you is well. <laughs> said to then have the alien discover you is starting to cheese me off. Um. That's a direct quote. We don't, that's not a phrase I'm familiar with, but you get the gist of it. Uh, It sort of echoes exactly what you were saying. And like, and like you see that person's playing on nightmare as well. So it, you know, if it was uh, inconvenient for you on hard, and if it's true that it scales and it's inconvenience according to difficulty, then that person may have had an even more difficult time. Yeah. And I think um, uh, just quickly to the audio point, this has got excellent audio. And I think uh, I saw on, wikipedia which isn't the most reliable source but um i'm pretty sure it won a bafta for audio and i think that's deserved um i think that horror relies a lot on its audio and it always has particularly in gaming um and i think it's very effective here i think that it works both on a a a level of freaking you out um but it also provides you with enough audio cues to kind of uh 
understand what's going on. Uh, I particularly liked that the motion detector tended to squawk just very, very quietly if if the alien was imminent quite often. Uh, I noticed that it was starting to... It's, it's something you don't really pick up on unless you're you're really listening out for it, but I started to realise that, okay, there is a there is a way that I can sort of tell when the alien's about to turn up. Um, I did find sometimes it was slightly repetitive, uh, some of the noises that are made in events. If you are if you are waiting like Kevin was for six minutes, um, you do realise that it is the same little bit of audio that kind of tells you that an alien is popping out of an event, but I think necessary to be able to actually be useful as a gameplay mechanic. But... Um, but yeah, I did. I did enjoy the audio, and the score was was excellent up until I think the reason I got frustrated at the end was because the score had been so amazing up until that point that some of the more uh, bombastic action adventure scoring that was done towards the end, uh, where I think they deviated from the original movie score a bit more, um, that's when it started to to drop off for me um, quite a lot. Yeah, just in general, I. Uh... I, I always intend on touching on the music in all these playlist games we do every month. And a couple times I've, uh, I haven't forgiven myself for forgetting to hit on those like an Alan Wake, uh, for instance, in the first month. But, um, so I'm, I'm glad to give alien the praise where I think it's certainly due. Uh, I, I even just uploaded, uh, if anyone's on true achievements, uh, around the time this comes out, you can find a, uh, a recent horror gaming playlist. I, I sh- somehow I blanked and didn't include this game, but I'm going to go back and revise that and, and add a track or two from, from isolation. Cause it, it is fantastic. And, uh, I'm not sure who composed it, but I, I would be willing to bet that they're, they're a veteran of the industry and they probably have several. Yeah. And they drew, they drew on heavily on the original score. I was reading earlier with a, a PC gamer, um, article, um, where they were talking about the fact that they actually used the, a lot of the materials from the movie. Uh, they were given a lot of the, um, production materials from the movie um to to create the the look um and as well with the sound they were using uh they were using the original score basically and extending uh, extending upon it to to create that score so i think there's a lot a, a lot of the original dna of of the first movie's uh soundtrack in there so uh, yeah i think that about covers everything we wanted to cover with the game um with that in mind we'll move on to stats here for a minute but before we do that i just uh Want to remind everyone if if you could, especially if you're listening on iTunes, please give us a rating and a review. Even if you don't like it, let us know. Although if you don't like it, it's weird that you're still listening. But thank you, anyways. But um, yeah, rating and reviewing, especially on iTunes, like we say every month, it helps us out a ton. Every time we ask, we get a couple more, so that's really cool. I also have a secret goal to surpass the main True Achievements podcast in written reviews by the end of the year. They have. They have 20 last I checked. We have eight right now. So if 12 or 13 of you could help us get over that hump, um, just so I can have some bragging rights in, in our in our uh, staff forums, that would be cool. To, <laughs> but it only takes three minutes or so, not even really. Uh, and it really, really, really helps us out. So if you got a moment, do that. Thank you very much. And if you, uh, if you um, if not, thanks for listening. If, if you don't like my English uh, accent, if you think I've brought too much Englishness to this podcast, I can try out a variety of accents. You just need to leave a review and let me know. <laughs> no, like, this is this <laughs> what happened. Actually, even the English. Yeah, this is just what yeah, happens. He's when just I'm been putting that on the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So with with stats in mind, we had well, like I said, we always we always record this a few days before the end of the month, so we can typically get it out for you guys 
by the end of the month, especially this one. I would hope to get it out for Halloween just because it feels fitting. So for gamers participating, we had 752 gamers total. Uh, about 230 of them played it for the first time this month, so that's pretty cool. Um, that's probably more than most months a direct influence of playlist putting it up there 33 people completed it uh almost 6,000 achievements unlocked 86,000 gamer score which was good for our recalculated ta score uh, of almost 180,000 personally i didn't get a single achievement in this game because like i said i'd well i'd played it only once before in xbox one but i unlocked in that playthrough 40 out of 50 and the remaining 10 were either things i wasn't going to attempt or things i i just knew weren't weren't going to unlock i, I would have had to gone taken some extra steps and this was really just a refresher f playthrough for me so i could do the show um so i came away with zero for zero gamer score uh how'd you guys do i got a uh, 750 out of a thousand 45 achievements out of 50 i did pretty well i beat the game on hard i actually normally i i go through a guide with everything but i thought that might really ruin the game here so i Went through without really any guide. The only time I ever used one was near the end at Mission 16. I took the time out real quick to go find the 10 Nostromo, Nostromo logs. But other than that, you know, I, I even got the 100 audio logs just naturally exploring. I thought that was pretty fun to do. And since I wasn't that scared, it wasn't that big of a deal. So, you know, I, I thought those were really interesting, too. I didn't touch upon those, but normally I don't like audio logs in here and I, I did like them so great i guess in a collectible achievement that i found to be okay since i didn't have to find all of them anyway that was good i still need to go through basically one more time and not kill any humans and go through without dying but other than that the game is pretty much wrapped up so i'm um, pretty yeah happy for me that. so i got uh 41 achievements uh, for 655 game score um I, uh, I, I'm i not going to be like Kevin and try and complete every single game because I'm not that good a gamer. Um, that's, that's never going to happen. Um, but what I am going to try and do is stretch myself to one uncomfortable achievement. Um, that's what I tend to do in gaming anyways, try and at least push myself to something a little bit outside my comfort zone. And in this case, I got the one shot achievement for getting through the game without dying once. So that was why I was so scared all the time um, and had to repeat loads of sections. But um, I did that on Novice. So I think that probably balanced out my impressions because the alien wasn't anywhere near as uh, oppressive but at the same time I couldn't let it anywhere near me so um, yeah that made it interesting but um, I'm pretty pleased with with my playthrough um, and just a quick shout out um, as well to uh, the walkthrough guys uh, Derek to Graph 1 uh, Holy War 27 and Keganomics the guys listed on the on the walkthrough on, on TA I, that helped me a lot um, when I was uh, completely uh, confused as to what I had to do next so so that really helped me with um, the last parts of of the game in particular awesome yeah I, I hadn't looked at that walkthrough because I didn't um, I wasn't going to use one but it's good to hear that there's another good one because um, you know we last month we commended Clowntastic for his fantastic uh Dark Souls review or walkthrough rather, so it's good to hear that you found use out of this month's as well. Yeah, um, I did as as well. I want to say I I didn't use a collectible guide, but I did use that to generally figure out where to go if I were ever getting stuck. I think the game does a good job showing you where you need to go. But whenever I was a little confused, I would always take a look there, and it was always you know very plenty detailed, you know very excellent walkthrough. Very happy with that. It's it's really good work. Excellent, excellent. Um, so yeah, I think that about does it for Alien Isolation. We, you know, as always, we wanted to mention November's game. We're actually recording this before we've even posted the results, but 
uh, by the time you hear it, it'll already be on site. November's game is going to be the Turing Test, rather unsurprisingly, because it just went free as part of Games with Gold, just actually the same day the poll posted. So it won pretty handily. We'll talk about that more in its given episode towards the end of November. But it's a uh, it's first-person puzzler, so we'll get into all the details in that episode. But real quick, have you guys played it before, and what are your thoughts um, coming into yeah, playing I, it? Yeah, I played it through it? Uh, on your recommendation, actually, Mark. Um, I think you've made a forum post in the Star Forums to say that I would like it. But yeah, so I played through it once before, got all the achievements, but I'm looking forward to seeing it through again. I think it's a game that could benefit from looking at it again once you kind of know some of the story beats. And I'm interested to see whether I'm now going to be strangely terrified of everything that i'm doing in the game now that alien isolation has broken me so (laughs) yeah so i actually did buy it on your recommendation once it went into sale Uh, you guys listening can't see it but mark was talking about it a lot when he did the review in the staff forum so we all got a, a healthy dose of turing test recommendation and so i I did end up buying it, even though I don't normally like puzzle games or Walking Sims, and this seemed like a combination of both. I bought it, and when it was on sale, and hadn't played it until it popped up in UHH early at the beginning of this month, actually. So I, you know, decided eh, might as well, and I, I got my achievement was just to get through like the first two levels, full levels. There's ten in total, or eight maybe, and then I, I kept playing, and I stayed up until like four a.m beating the game because i really enjoyed it so anyway uh i I don't know if it will benefit from a new playthrough or not but i guess it's going to get one and uh we'll see how that goes i'm definitely excited to talk about it though yeah i think it's a it's a fantastic game for for this event for the forums and for this podcast it definitely merits a lot of discussion well i think so and and i i hope uh we see that come to fruition but yeah, you guys already alluded to it. It's, I love this game. I gave it a 5 out of 5 review score, which is only the second time I've ever done that. I'm definitely going to be pretty positive about it. I Almost without exception, I think. But I'm, I'm also excited to replay it again to see you know what I missed the first time in terms of more it does well or maybe some things it doesn't do as well as I once envisioned. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. We're moving from outer space to outer space, basically, October to November. So join us for that. That starts on November 1st. Uh, it'll run all through the month. You can join us in the forums, trueachievements.com. There's a little drop-down menu for the playlist hub. whole bunch going on there every month. Check it out if you haven't yet. And I think that's it. We'll see you in November with the Turing Test. Bye. Thanks for joining Bye. us, everyone.